Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. Hamburger. And french fries. And a shake. All right, on this episode of the Major Spoilers podcast, we're not talking about fast food or our favorite fast foods. We are indeed going to be talking about costumes. I, this really kind of, I don't know how did this start. This Matthew, this kind of started in our episode from uh, Wednesday when we were deciding whether we talk about the Thor armor or whether we talk about the Green mm-hmm. Lantern armor or whether we bring up the Wonder Woman thing again. Mm-hmm. And you said, hey, why don't we talk about yeah. costumes? And yeah, really. there are some, I don't know, we all have a different view on costuming in comic books and in pop culture. And Matthew, why don't you, why don't you start off with what, what you were going to talk about with costumes and we'll kind of build from there. Well, my thing has always been, when you talk about, when you said, yeah, we can talk about that, I'm like, oh, we should talk about costumes. Because when I think of the superhero costumes, it's kind of the shorthand for the character, shorthand for the image. Bruce Banner in stretchy purple pants. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to me, there are some costumes that are just perfect, and any tinkering with them is just a horrible idea. And anytime they try to improve them, they end up inevitably making it worse and screwing it up. Mm-hmm. Except so when it's I better. get that good. Now, it's never better with these particular costumes. And the, the the prime example to me is Barry Allen's Flash costume from 1954. Why? Because it's uh, the suit itself is iconic. It's nothing that's been seen before. Superheroes had been around for a while, but there was never anything particularly like that red bodysuit with those gold accents. I mean, it it set the Flash apart. And it really kind of set the tone for the Silver Age of comics that came after. If you look at that costume in action, especially, you know, when people are drawing it in the 70s, it usually just turns into the red blur with the gold accents and you don't see the flash. But when he stops moving, he still looks like he's moving because he's got wings on his boots and wings on his head and the glaven. And I mean, I can't look at that costume without being jealous of the people who designed it. It's just that awesome. Mm hmm. It, it's, you know, perfectly elegant for what they want to do. Well, and, and speaking of Barry Allen, I mean, my perspective is the realistic nature of the hero costume or the superhero villain costume, whatever it may be, and how that translates into other media. And The Flash, I think, is a really good example because you're talking about how in comics the Flash costume really translated. And I think you were talking something before about how when Barry Allen was running, how that yeah. changes up the nature of, of the costume. Yeah, it's just this big red scarlet blur, Mm -hmm. and Barry Allen has the belt or not the belt? Barry Allen has the straight lightning bolt belt. Yeah, and so as you're running, you know, that kind of creates that vibrating kind of lightning thing that goes along with it, which I think is really cool. 
But when they take the Flash and they try to translate that to television, for example, in the Flash series starring uh, Dawson's dad, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I really like John how... John Wesley Harding. Yes, I really like how they wrote the suit into the story right. to explain the fact that, hey, in the real world, if we were to slap you into a pair of uh, uh, spandex... Mm-hmm. You'd look like mm-hmm. a goof running around on television. Instead, they said, hey, we had to use this form-fitted, molded suit developed by the Russians that's impact-resistant that can sustain, you know, withstand how fast you're going to run. And so when he changed into his costume, yes, he was all mm-hmm. muscled and ripple-bound, but they explained it away in the nature of that suit, mm-hmm. which right. I think was probably the most excellent explanation of any superhero costume translation that we've seen in other media. Yeah. I guess they could have just said bad envy and been yeah. done with it. Yeah, they could have, but I, I like the fact that they spent, I don't know, five minutes with, uh, with Amanda Palmer or whatever her name was. Um, Tina McGee. Who? Tina McGee. Oh, okay. Having her explain the nature of that suit. And I, yeah. I thought that was brilliantly done. Likewise, when you look at, uh, Batman, uh, begins, how they spend that time saying, okay, how do we build this mm-hmm. helmet? You know, how do we build these components? How do we make it if we're going to put all this high tech into these components? How do we somehow mm-hmm. explain that in a way that the audience is going to accept? Because, you know, quite frankly, I mean, Alex Ross has, I think, done a pretty good job in the comic books of, and I know you hate Alex Ross, Matthew, but mm-hmm. I like how he tries to draw the costumes as if the costume was actually being worn by a real person. Mm-hmm. In and that, that's what ruins it. And in that, for me, I think really sells it for me because when you see Batman running around and there's a wrinkle in his, in his, in his suit, that makes it more real as opposed to this. You know, quite honestly, I'm very hesitant to believe that there is a skin tight uh, material out there that form fits to your body so well that you see every ripple of every six pack and every rib protrusion out there. To the point, and yet you have no crotch bulge, mm-hmm. uh, and yet you can take a bullet to the chest, and there's no indication that you're wearing any kind of Under Armour or anything like that. That, to me, is the in, in as far as costumes go and superhero costumes go, and really any superhero, Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, any of these guys fall into that category of why I think, for the most part, uh, we're simply just coloring in naked people without any junk when we're looking at comic book costumes. Now, that's not to say that there aren't some very cool costumes, but just this believability of it kind of pulls it out for me. Mm -hmm. Mm. Rodrigo, do you want to say something about costumes to uh, kind of either put your statement on costumes or add on to what either Matthew or I have said? Um, I think that superheroes have been around for a long time and, and people just accept a lot of things. Right. Um, and there is a way that's there's a way that superheroes dress, um, and there's a way that superheroes do things. So we are used to seeing, you know, guys with six packs and girls with n- very form fitting stuff, and yet you know, no nipples and, right, and stuff right, like that. Right. Just because that's the way that the the industry and the you know the individual artists that have come to find things that work and don't work for the readers. Mm-hmm how they have come to design these things. Right. Um, You know, there's been experiments and very frequently they get discarded, but more often than not, they kind of get incorporated. You know, you look at Witchblade and people are like, ah, Witchblade, she's practically naked. She's just wearing, 
boogers or whatever. Right, right. right. Um, rubber cement. Right. Um, and that's fine, and that's true, but there's something to the design for Witchblade. It's successful. People recognize it, largely, because it's... It's uh, a naked woman wearing rubber cement. It's... Exactly. And there's something that's good about that. And eventually, somebody's going to go back and look at that and say, how can I incorporate this into a different thing? Mm -hmm. Um, Just because it's weird and just because it seems funny now um, and seemed awesome back then doesn't mean that it won't be part of the, like superhero costume continuum right and, and i i was messing around with matthew earlier when i was saying hey here are the best hero costumes and i was like mm. the shadow the green hornet wesley dodd sandman uh the question the question you know indiana jones indiana jones because <laughs> we're essentially dealing with trench coat and hat and street clothes and the ability to take those and make it into something that is somewhat unique and interesting. I find personally, uh, going back to the early days of, of Iron Man and in, in uh, was it Tales of Suspense or Strange Tales, whichever one it was, Iron Man Mark I armor, I found very believable as a costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, even today, I think that the current Iron Man costume, to an extent, works as a costume. Because if you're going to build a piece of plated armor to fit onto someone... Mm-hmm then it's going to be, for the most part, kind of custom fit to look like that person's body. Right. The fact that we've got... um, Now, I I guess it gets into a little weird territory when we're talking about a bulletproof, flexible metal alloy that bends. But, you know, when you incorporate the banding that we see in in that costume and everything, I think that that works. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the layers of it, I think, really works. But if you were to tell me that... Power Girl has a costume that would translate into the real world and be functional, I would be hard-pressed for that. Oh, you see that costume all the time. I saw it the other day. I went swimming at the lake. Yeah, so did I. I, I went to the pool the other day, and I did see many women that, that yep. one woman in particular that had the build just like uh, Kara Zor-El. And I wasn't talking about the build. I was about talking about the uniform. Oh, okay. All right. You know, there's nothing... Curve it up a little more there, Steve. <laughs> okay. To put it, you know, some people might say, well, there is material that is form-fitting. Uh, you're right. I saw the the, the cheerleaders the, the other day wearing these very, very tight shorts. They're not volleyball shorts, but they're an athletic short that is form-fitting. And I know a lot of people say, oh, my gosh, look how the artist drew um, Black Canary all bent over with her, you know, with the thing going up her butt. Or... Um, who's another one that kind of wears that kind of really tight, short, uh, bottoms to make it. Okay. Matthew, to make it pervy star girl and her spandex outfit, mm-hmm. there are, she's 15. There, I know, but there are, so what are these cheerleaders? Yes. Uh, there, there is material that fits that way, but I really wonder, can you take a hero seriously if they're wearing that? You mean in the does real the, world? Does the costume can. make. Does the costume and how it fits onto the the hero make the hero or not make the hero or villain? Well, I think... Yeah, but only up to a point. I mean, at what point... I mean, they've made a joke of it recently in Power Girl that the reason why she has the window in her outfit is because it's distracting the people she's fighting. Mm -hmm. Okay, I can use that as an explanation. Some people might call BS on it. But what about some of these other costumes? Some of these other kind of ridiculous costumes yeah, that yeah. in-universe in are seen as completely plausible. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, I mean, they're all ridiculous, aren't they? That's why you don't see them in the real world. I mean, look at Superman. Superman wears his underwear on the outside, right? Right. All this joke about Superman wears his underwear on the outside. But that's that's his costume, and he's incredibly recognizable as Superman. So, you know, in the book, people have come to accept, or rather, the readers have come to accept that in the book... Nobody makes fun of Superman for having his underwear on the outside. Right. And everybody is fooled by him putting some glasses on. Right. So they're just going to keep that. Because if they didn't, and if they try to explain it, then it's just calling attention to how incredibly ridiculous it is. Right. Right. Matthew, what are, mm-hmm. your, what are your five favorite costumes in comics? Five favorite costumes. My favorites are the ones that work best. Such as? Well, that was an either-or question. Oh, My okay. favorites or the ones that work best. I go up at the end to make it sound like a question. Oh, because I didn't hear you go up at the end to make it sound like a question. As though I were 18 and I were saying anything. <laughs> well, like, you know, I was talking about you know Rigo the other day about like Scott Pilgrim and how fantastic the book looks and everything. So, Matthew, what are your yes. favorite uh, costumes in comics? Why? Favorite costumes in comic book history. First, of course, is Barry Allen. Right. Even when they translate it to other media, Barry Allen's costume works. Yeah. I now, this next I one will right. surprise you for a okay. lot of reasons. Okay. Ultimate Invisible Woman. Where oh, the she, has the, uh, she has the pants and the short, the crop top and the jacket and the belt with all the stuff. Yeah. That's a great costume. That's something that you could walk down the street in. You know, it, 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 maybe in 2003, you'd have to do it to where all the women had their belly button showing. I don't know. But you could walk down the street in that costume that the ultimate invisible woman wears. And at that point in time, you're fine. Mm-hmm. And if there, you weren't, I mean, there's you can absolutely just turn invisible. nothing. Exactly. Wait, what? No. Um, I think one of the greatest costumes of all time, one of the ones that's most ripped off, is mm-hmm. Dave Cockrum's Phoenix design. The hip boots oh, and the yeah, evening yeah. gloves and the mm-hmm. satch on the well, field of green. Well, why and do you it like that? It looks so good much? in any color. Yeah, whether that it's That costume like is another one that's like Barry Allen's. Psylocke or... Mm-hmm. What? Uh, I'm so, saying whether it whether that costume is put on X-23 or Psylocke or anybody else, you're right, it does just a color change. They did it in red, they did it in green, they did it in white. Yeah. And it always worked. It, it just has that elegance to it where... She's not just a girl in a leotard. Even when the cosplay chickies play Phoenix, mm-hmm. she's fully covered. You know, it's not something it doesn't have a whole lot of, of look at it and go, look at her. No, it's I mean, it looks elegant even on. And I don't necessarily want to say anything negative because cosplayers are just as valid as anything else. But there are times when cosplayers are like. Uh, you know what I'm going to be? Um, I'm going to be Spider Girl, only with cleavage. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfectly valid thing. But when you do Phoenix, you can. Ooh, speaking of doing Phoenix, hello. When you do Phoenix, <laughs> you know it's it's one of those costumes. I hear she's that, really hot. Uh, <laughs> the iconography of the Phoenix costume is awesome. The field of green with the gold accents and the big Phoenix bird in the middle. Right. You add the big John Byrne Phoenix hair. It's awesome. Yeah. 
No, I mean, going to yeah. cosplayer, I mean, when we talk about cosplayers, there are some yeah. really great cosplay that shows how a costume can work. Do a search for Blue Beetle cosplay. If you never thought a man could wear spandex and pull off a Blue Beetle costume, uh, go do a search for that, and you'll see one from, I think it was like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the first one that you come across in uh, in the... Uh, <laughs> turn, turn safe search back on, Steven. <laughs> I wish I knew this is it. This is your own fault. <laughs> no. That's scary. <laughs> that is the problem um, with mini cosplay uh, costumes. But when you look at some of the people who are doing some really cool things at comic book conventions, like the San Diego Comic-Con that's going on right now, that costume mm-hmm. can actually work. Mm-hmm. Okay? The Catwoman can actually work. Black Cat can actually work and look good. And they don't have to look like somebody just wearing leather for bondage fetish or mm-hmm. for wearing a swimsuit because the swimsuit was $5 at the Walmart, right? They actually can take the time to craft that to make it look exactly like it does in the comic books. And sometimes it works wonderfully and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But really cosplayers are kind of at the at the cutting edge of that, mm-hmm. of, of translating costumes that are not usually on actual people right. into costumes that are for actual people. Right. Um. And uh, honestly, I think that the as more and more uh, superhero movies get made, um, you know, movie companies really should start looking at cosplayers and the cosplay conventions to see what exactly. Because obviously, if you take a costume, there are things about it that you have to discard and things about it that you have to keep. Right. You have to keep just enough stuff that it's recognizable as that costume while discarding all the stuff that doesn't work. Um, kind of like the. Toby Maguire Spider-Man thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure why they decided to have embossed webbing. Um, because it looks cool and shows and up I, with all yeah, the glints and, and highlights I think and that's, 3D. I think that's really what it comes down to. It wasn't really necessary. You know, it was a change that probably didn't actually need to be there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you look at that costume, it largely works. Yeah. Because they kept most of the Spider-Man costume while getting rid of what kind of didn't work about it. Mostly that, you know you kind of need to explain what exactly his eyes are. Right. That's that's really I, I probably with Spider Man it was more of an issue of let's figure out what this would actually be mm-hmm. rather than let's, you know, discard and keep things. Well it's interesting because when we do yeah. make that jump to film and, and to television, I think that's where we really see some some interesting costume changes. And I think the biggest one that is probably most apparent is in the very first Tim Burton Batman, mm-hmm. how the bat costume, if it were designed the way it were in the comic books, how it's totally not functional. And the fact that Michael Keaton couldn't even turn his yeah. head. Yeah. And then how that progressed to the Dark Knight movie, where the costume is essentially a motorcycle, a heavily padded motorcycle outfit mm-hmm. with a helmet that looks that's you know packed with these devices and how that evolution has changed to where let's make the costume more functional in the film and television world. I was going to ask Matthew, do you remember Some seeing of the reasons why the Dark Knight wasn't as much fun though? I think that the Tim Burton Batman movie was more successful in a lot of ways simply because it didn't have to spend all of its time being so god 
damn realistic. <laughs> well, we have to explain everything. We have to give everything a rational well, background. And that's that's and, me. And, I, I like I like the the rational explanations and and everything. It, it fits in my world. Well, but you were wrong. I was going to ask you did did you see the uh, the most recent Fantastic Four movies and what you thought of those costumes? Did that work for you in in the movie form? I mean, it's essentially we're just talking about jumpsuits, mm-hmm. tight jumpsuits. The Fantastic Four's costumes have never been costumes to me. The Fantastic Four's costumes are just either tights or coveralls with a four on them. They're they're like work outfits. Right. They're like what my grandfather wore wore it you know every day when he went to be a tractor mechanic. Mm-hmm. He had a suit blue coverall suits, and if you stick a four on him, he's Reed Richards. <laughs> he was bald. That's neither here nor there. And you know, I, I didn't hate them. I didn't think that they were you know entirely important because the Fantastic Four's costumes are not important. Right. The Fantastic Four's costumes are designed to be functional. Mm-hmm. They're to keep them from being naked when their superpowers engage. And more importantly, their uniforms. Right. Rather than. Yeah, uh, you know specific costumes. Those are the kind of shorts mm-hmm. that I'm talking about, right there, Rodrigo. I can I can see that. I can see everything. Yes, you can. Wow. And, and when we're looking at a, um, I did a search for Ultimate Sue Storm, but found this Wonder Woman costume. That presumably it's Wonder Woman. No, it's Wonder Woman. See, she's got stars and, and oh, she's got stars stars on, on the okay. thing right, and the right. other thingy things, and she's got those aluminum foil things around her wrist. Nice. Um, Rodrigo, do you have some favorite costumes? Um, I think that uh, definitely Spider-Man's costume is really good for several reasons. First off, um, it's he's not a giant spider monster man. Right. Um, which, you know, if you look at someone like, you know, if you compare Spider-Man's costume to Batman's costume, where it's like, okay, my head is a bat, where mm-hmm. the bat's eyes would be is where my eyes are, mm-hmm. where the bat's mouth would be is where my mouth is, and where the bat's ears would be, there's two little cones. Right, right. Um, you know, Spider-Man is like, here's a spider, here's a more different spider on the back. And what I like about it is the fact that um, the way it's designed, it has gloves without actually having gloves. It has a belt without actually having a belt. Right. It's all just kind of a very clever use of negative space plus the super cool webbing uh, motif throughout it. And I do prefer it with the armpit webs, personally. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Yes. Armpit like webs it. are necessary. Okay. It just adds a little something else. Into the comic into the comic book universe. It's something that yeah. no one else in comics has. No one has anything like armpit webs. It's, it's a unique Spider-Man touch. Exactly. But... Artists and writers are kind of torn up, are you know split basically down the middle. Mm-hmm. And whenever a new creative team comes into Spider-Man, I think it's a legitimate discussion that they have: are they going to have armpit webs or not, or organic shooters or chemical? No, shooters. it's not. That's that's even bigger. That's something. That's an editorial decision. Mm-hmm. But the armpit webs are usually up to the team. Is there a costume that you guys can't stand? Yeah, I mean, when I think of costumes and ones that I I just I don't know. When I think of bad costumes, I think of costumes that aren't really practical. Mm. So we look at Magog. We look at... Um, now, the Hulk really doesn't have a costume except for the right. stretchy purple pants. Really, the, the the Hulk's costume is extremely functional. Yes. In that, Thank goodness. Yes. Except how do you think that blood circulates when those pants constrict? And how do they magically stretch? And why oh, are they always stretch. purple? And those kinds of things. Because- 
There's actually an issue that explains that Bruce Banner buys the purple pants because they are stretchy. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they they it was uh, one of the black and white Hulk magazines where he buys they're cheap, they're super stretchy, and he can buy like fifteen pairs of them for a hundred dollars or something. I always like the uh, one of the few things that I liked about the whole Heroes Reborn thing is that um, Bruce Banner was extremely um, like was like fancy type eccentric right so he had like this velvet like purple suit that he walked around in and it's like well at least that's one explanation for the hulk having purple pants yeah i i guess that magog is a, is a costume that bothers me yeah but um, you do i mean here's the thing magog has been taken way 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 the crap out of where he was originally meant right. to be a parody of terrible costumes right right True. But they're trying Very to make true. it now a legitimate yeah, but now they're costume, trying to be, and that's yeah, why, that's that's why it's terrible. Um, I hate Ms. Marvel. And why do you hate hers? I mean, she's just a one-piece you know, swimsuit pageant costume. With a sash. She? Oh, mm. yeah, with a sash. And stockings? Does mm. she wear stockings on she that costume? She wears, like, knee-high boots, doesn't oh, okay. she? Ms. Marvel takes everything good about Phoenix and makes it awful. Really awful. And I mean, it is literally almost the same as the Phoenix costume, but instead of having the, you know, fully full coverage and that they have negative space that's all skin and the stupid lightning bolt thing, it's just, it's not balanced as a uniform. It's either black or blue with a big yellow stripe and then this weird red accent for no reason. Mm-hmm. It's not a good, it's not a good color palette for one thing. The, the weird dark blue and the red don't work for me. And there isn't enough gold. You know, between her hair and the yellow bolt, there isn't enough gold to offset that ocean of navy blue or black. It just, it, it reads stripper to me. And not even good stripper. It reads Thursday afternoon, thir- <laughs> 3.30, is there anyone who hasn't had a cesarean stripper? And Free, free chicken wings that have been sitting out for a while. That's gold covers up. <laughs> you think so? But, I mean, the more that they try to shove Ms. Marvel down my throat, I think that I, I dislike the costume partly... With respect to the fact that the character has become more and more frustrating. There was a joke on Robot Chicken that I thought was uh, brilliant uh, regarding recent the recent thing about the Wonder Woman costume and how, oh, it's sexy and this new one's not sexy. They had negative Wonder Woman. Yeah. Whose costume had they had, had, they had all, all of, yeah, they had all the um, Yeah, they had all the all the evil versions yeah. of like Bizarro Flash, Su- Yeah, reverse Bizarro. flash. And negative Wonder Woman was this woman who had uh, fabric covering all the areas that Wonder Woman didn't and oh, was uncovered okay. in all the areas that Wonder Woman was covered. And it was just hysterical. And it, to me, it was it, it was kind of a moment where you're just like, why does she run around in her underpants? But that's mm-hmm. that's an argument for another time. You know, I think... Costume that I hate more go than ahead. anything. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. Ask me. Batman. What do I hate more than anything? Batman. No, I don't hate Batman. Steven. <laughs> no. You hate that I wear the same uh, shirt every day. Guys guys who cut no. you off on the freeway. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no. The worst costumes. What is the worst no. costume? Superman. Whiter. Whiter? You're getting colder. You're getting colder. No. Magneto? But to me, the worst costume in the history of all costumes ever. Joker? The single worst thing that anyone ever did. The greatest horrific atrocity to me. Archie Andrews? And I, I, 
Yes, it's Archie Andrews. No, it's not Archie Andrews. Shut your face. No, <laughs> I was going to say it, and then you interrupted me. And I keep in mind that I like Captain Ultra. Uh-huh. Okay? Okay. Uh-huh. Guardian of Alpha Flight. Okay. Do you want to know why? Slash, why? is that the guy who is also sometimes Vindicator and sometimes Weapon Omega? Yes, the guy okay. who is literally wearing a Canadian flag. This guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What's wrong yeah. with that? He's showing national pride. But Captain America's costume, while inspired by and bearing the motifs of the flag, is not just an American flag because it would be disrespectful. Mm. And the Canadian version of Captain America just let's slap a flag on him. That bothers me for a lot of reasons, but mostly because it, the balance of the costume is really bizarre. It's got that that John Byrne spiky kind of weird thing going on. By the way, if you search for Wonder Woman, you get interesting pictures. Are you talking about the maple but leaf? The maple leaf costume. Yeah. To me, comes across, it's disrespectful. I'm not Canadian, eh? You know, I, I love Bob and Doug McKenzie. I know what a hoser is. And you but- like Terrence and Philip, right? I do like Terry and Philip. <laughs> Hello, Celine Dion. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm curious that I'm, I'm, I'm curious that you're. I'm curious that you say that because yes. and hey, national pride, go for. It. I mean, that's that's every that is your right to uh, to say that wearing the flag is disrespectful. But what about? Are you saying wrapping, making a costume out of the flag is bad, or what about people that just have like, if your a, costume a is that they the wear, flag, but I mean it's, I mean it's a costume that has the maple leaf symbol and the colors on it. Does that mean that on the Fourth of July I can't wear my red, white, and blue striped shirt that has stars on it that is reminiscent of we the know, American flag? Or I mean, Paul I'm just Rubens trying to understand. once got arrested for having an American flag on his butt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, technically, you can't. It's actually know, illegal know, to know, mutilate the flag and turn but, it into a... But how many people cares. are getting arrested yeah, on July not, 4th? Nobody. Right. Seven. Eleven. Or is it illegal Hamburger. for me then to wear a, a, a flag on my hat? A, a flag t-shirt is the new tax evasion. <laughs> That's how they get mobsters nowadays. They just wait till the 4th of July, and when they come out wearing a, a flag, they're just like, oh, you're being disrespectful to the flag. Ah, no. That would never work. No, it wouldn't. But it would be funny to try. All right, I can understand why why you don't like that. Uh, that I mean, that makes sense. I mean, you've justified it. What, what do you think of this new uh, Green Lantern costume that's on the cover of Entertainment Weekly? What works or what doesn't work for you, Rodrigo? Um, I don't know. It like the weird, like fibrous, um, kind of organic. Oh, the look. ribby bit, yeah, the ribby look to it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that that big into. The thing about Green Lantern is that, um, like Hal Jordan, or you know, that kind of general Green Lanternness, um. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice because it's pretty straightforward. It has a lot of straight lines. It has the lantern symbol and a domino mask. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty hard to go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they like stretch it farther over his face and kind of make it's the green... Like, it's almost parallaxy a little bit. It is. and and Or just like a, a straight up just band across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and when they... The costume is such a dark green. And I get that they don't want to make it lime green. Right. But from the pictures I've seen, it looks very dark, so it's, like, 
the black and the green kind of blend. And that's probably not what you like. You want some amount of contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they could have made it a little bit more like fabric, a little bit more like um, kind of either like a motorcycle outfit or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they should have kept the mask a little smaller. Also, are they doing the gr- like bright green eyes thing? Because that's what that looks like. It does look like his eyes are white, white out. Which is something that I've never liked about Green Lantern. Because there's what no... about any costume? Because no, Batman no, no, no. does it. No, 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 no. I don't Wolverine mean. I don't mean it? pure white eyes. Oh, okay. I mean white fields with a green dot in it. Oh, because it's always this light yeah. green dot. Yeah, and I don't think that looks very good on anything because there's no contrast it's hard to tell that it's even there right. and when it is it doesn't look that good didn't that appear- if he had if he had like if it was like gambit and you talk about terrible costumes look at gambits um but if it was like gambit where he had black uh whites quote yeah, unquote yeah, yeah. and then a green dot it would look a lot better did that happen with the justice league yeah the cartoon john series stewart, with john stewart green lantern had okay. that going on all right and that was kind of his his thing. Well, it was kind of his mask type thing, like to mark that transformation kind of deal. Right, right. I don't I don't know. I I guess I, I'm always gonna be the one of does this costume make practical sense if it were a real world thing? Mm-hmm. For Green Lantern, for me, it would be the best thing would have been to gone down to the sporting goods store and bar- bought one of those uh under armor well shirts and, and pants and paint it green and that would have been a, a, I think a costume that's functional. The thing about uh, guys like Green Lantern and Spawn and Captain Marvel mm-hmm. and, I don't know, anybody else, the Spectre or whatever. The Spectre. Is that Green those guys Speedo. don't need to have functional costumes because their costumes are magic. Right. So, who knows? Maybe it's it, because Green Lantern's costume isn't technically just like pure solidified energy of the same thing that the ring makes. Mm-hmm. So... He probably, it's like the best things of being naked and wearing full plate, you know? So it doesn't have to look any particular way. Matthew, what are your thoughts on that Green Lantern costume? I don't know. I feel like it, it falls into the same trap that, and the problem that I have with most superhero movie costumes, you know, the only one that I really liked so far was Dick Tracy. But superhero costumes always seem to come out looking like armor. And they always seem to come out, you know, as though we need to make it all black armor. Like mm-hmm. all the characters need to be Batman for the for the public to accept that they might do this. And it seems to me that it, even today, there's no reason for Superman's costume to be the textured monstrosity with the little speedo that it was in Superman returns. There's no reason for me to look at, you know, green lanterns costume and think that it needs to look like striated armor with, you know, glow in the dark stuff underneath. There's no reason for Batman to be, you know, the big multifaceted armored guy that he is. And you can make the argument that, Oh, it's more realistic. And this is how, you know, the costume would look or how it would work if we really did it. But it's green lantern. Mm -hmm. This is a man who got an alien ring from a guy with purple skin, and somehow the fact that his costume doesn't have enough protection is where your suspension of disbelief falls? The guy's flying around making giant boxing gloves, but you're not happy because his chest might be unprotected. 
No, that's ridiculous to me. And, you know, we're getting to the point where all these costumes start to look alike, except for whatever the different chest symbol is. Right, right. If you yeah. take this and you put a flaming skull on it, I can't tell the difference between this and Ghost Rider, except for extraneous spikes. Well, and, and look at Hancock. Hancock is a, is a great example of just super modern superhero movie costume vanilla. Yeah, because it is mm-hmm. just a... Just a tracksuit. Just a tracksuit, yeah. Uh, I was looking for it, and I found it. Uh, these, these UD replicas... Uh, these motorcycle suits that they've done for the Wolverine movie version, the Iron Man two version, and the uh, the Batman Begins version. Does that look Does that look realistic to you? I think the Iron Man one is probably the worst that I've seen. Yeah, um, because it doesn't quite work. The Batman one was fine because that's essentially what it is, right? Um, I, I think that they look realistic in the sense that they are functional while maintaining a little bit of the superhero theme, but. You know, they don't look like superhero outfits. Uh, that Green Lantern one, though, mm-hmm. wasn't there... Isn't isn't that whole costume CG? Supposedly. What about it is so complex that it needs to be CG? Because, like, when they said, oh, no, no, no. Because his... we can, Exactly. When they, when they said, oh, his whole can. costume is going to be CG, I basically expected... Did you ever see that... Was it called Auto Man? The TV show where, like, yes. the guy's body is always glowing. Like, he basically, he's a head on a Tron body. And, was and that, I like, really, in the um, mid-90s? Yeah. Okay. I As a kid, I really liked that show. No, as no, a no, tiny that, child. 1980-something. Oh, I think I saw one episode of Auto yeah. Man. Okay, let me look, um, let me look this up. And he up had a little, here. like, pixel guy that would draw a car for him, and then he would get into it. That's kind of not exactly, but that because that guy was. Blue. I know. Okay, I know exactly um, what show you're talking about now. But that's what I was expecting. I was thinking, what all is going to be going on? You know, I expect that the thing that they're doing now, where the the insignia comes out mm-hmm. about a foot out of his chest, yeah, and potentially other ones throughout, and maybe like energy coursing through it at all times, which wouldn't have looked good. But I figured, hey. The whole costume is going to be CG, yeah. Which they didn't even do with Spawn, which is what they should have done, probably. Wasn't the cape was CG, right? Yeah, yeah. for about the three yeah. seconds that it's actually in the movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I guess. What would you expect if if suddenly you woke up tomorrow? Either one of you. Mm-hmm. And we were surrounded by zombies. Zombies! First of all, you kill the person sleeping next to you because they don't know if they've been bitten or not. Gotcha. More than likely, their guts are already hanging out, so you would know. So you but would know, yeah. I've already th- I've thought all this ahead. I, I know that's that's, <laughs> that's the scary that's part. That's the most frightening. Believe thing, me, yes. if they come in now, that's the just reach under the desk and blow you both away. Nice. If I have to shoot through you to get to the zombie. No, um, if you woke up t- tomorrow, Rodrigo, mm-hmm. and you or, or Matthew, I'm going to ask you both, and you discovered that you had powers mm-hmm. far beyond those of mortal man. You could leap tall buildings. You could bend steel with your bare hands, deflect bullets. Off. You're nigh and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You can fly. Right. You decide that you're going to do use your powers for the good because you know with great powers comes great responsibilities. Right. Right. Um. What do you do? You know what I would do if if I had decided that the best thing that I could possibly do was be a superhero. Like if I thought, well. I live in the United States, but I don't want to affiliate myself with the American government because they might misuse my power. Because that would be really the first thing is how would I be able to do the most right? Thing. But, but you once, have to hi- so you have to hide your identity then. Once, once I Let me have see you with your glasses off. Well, who are where, you? Where'd Rodrigo go? Exactly. 
Um, <laughs> the best part about it is that with these headphones, you could probably actually hear me like <laughs> trying to get my glasses off. Anyway, what I would do is I would totally go the spirit slash Barney Stinson route of just getting like the most awesome suit. And just I would like a regular business, just suit? like a regular kick ass tailored yeah. business suit and maybe a domino mask. And that's what I would do. I would just wear a suit. Really? You wouldn't go all tights and spandex? No. Okay. Matthew, same question. And let's just say that... Hornet. Okay. Oh, and that's, that's, also, that's also assuming that I become more sexy. That's what I was going to say. You wake up and, just like in Peter Parker in the Spider-Man movie, Tobey mm. Maguire was this little meek guy, wakes up in the morning, muscle-bound, ripped, right. everything. Now, over to you, Matthew. Yeah. I would totally go Green Hornet about it. I would get myself... A big jacket and a hat and a mask, and I would wear that over whatever I was wearing, and everyone would know that the dung beetle is among. <laughs> I'd have to come up with a better name. I but hope so. Something, something scary. I mean, big fedora, big coat, awesome. Nah, the scarab is lame. Um, how about the flesh eating monkey? If I'm gonna have bug powers, I want to go with something good, like the slaying the mantis. What did Katie did? I don't know. I think she did a girl, according to the song. So, okay, so then, why why do you guys choose the suit and the trench coat? Um, largely because, you know, you want to look important. Um, if you're going to bust into a bank where, where there are robbers, you want, you know, people to be able to follow your instructions and stuff. Um, so, you know, looking... Looking like you know what you're doing. You're wearing a suit. You know it. It implies a certain amount of power. I would have a nice tie, a, a red tie against a white, uh, probably crisp against a crisp white shirt or starch you know, color. Maybe yeah. maybe I would play around with that a little bit. Maybe it would be like a you know because if it is a white costume, tie on a black shirt, exactly something like that, or a red tie on a black shirt or something like that. So you, would you call yourself the executive? I, I think, assuming that I wanted to hide my identity, um, and and. Granted, I'm just making we're, right, I'm right, just right. making this persona. No, no, up no, as no. We go. I know, so, I know. I'm just, I I'm just asking, and I'm not asking you to play in some weird fantasy world where you're going to join some legion of of superheroes. <laughs> uh huh. Now that would be weird. Um, that would be very weird. I, I I don't I don't know. I I think that I would probably have to sit down and and figure out uh what I would what I would call myself. Probably something that is also conveys a certain yeah. amount of imprisonment, like. Maximus one or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something that I'm, was I'm, like I'm curious that you said that I would wear a suit because it commands power and people would listen to what I'm saying. And yet we have police officers mm-hmm. and people in the military who wear a uniform mm-hmm. so that people can readily identify who they are and know that policemen uniform follow directions exactly XYZ. That's interesting that you didn't choose then a more uniform Type well, but here's the costume. thing, though. Here's the thing, though. I don't want. I wouldn't want to portray myself as a police officer or sure, as a sure. person in the military. And I'll give you a good example. Um, we see a guy in blue with a badge and a hat, mm-hmm. and we say, and you know, a, a blue hat with a little badge and a black mm-hmm. brim, and we say that's a police officer. As you right, know, right. Um, if I right now, or if I saw out on the street. Somebody who was essentially that, except that they had like little checkers mm-hmm. in their hat. I would say that guy's like a cab driver or something. Mm. But apparently, that's what British police right, officers right, have. Right. So it's cultural. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if I, I I couldn't just say, well, I'm just going to wear a lot of blue because people associate blue with police officers. Sure. Well, they also associate that presumably with car mechanics who wear you know blue right, jumpsuits right, and stuff right. like that. So okay, all right, no, that's fair enough. Good good yeah. uh, explanation of that, Matthew. What would happen then if, um, let's say person X woke up in the morning, he's got the powers of Superman. And what happened? What would happen if he said, "You know what? I'm going to go get that neoprene diving uh, diving suit. I'm going to put a big uh, symbol on the front, and I'm going to go flying around with a big cape on the back and doing everything that I've been led to believe that superheroes do and act like and wear these specific costumes. I have to create a costume. What would be the reaction? Does he really have the powers of Superman? Well, I'm just saying." You know, he's a super being. He's got powers far if, beyond if those. Someone of, of has the man. power, if, if someone has the ability to shoot lasers out their eyes, run at me at the speed of sound, and throw a boat over a hedge, he can wear a French tickler and a space helmet for all I care. I just don't want him in my neighborhood. And I think the problem with the superhero, the costume that Superman wears, was created specifically to evoke that of circus strongmen. Right, right. And the, you know, the eventual shortcuts to superhero costume became emulating that suit with a cape or the trunks or the boots or whatever, you know, what have you. Sure. But when you, when you look at it, when you look at a man in that costume, and I think that, you know, we've been watching Lois and Clark uh, on reruns, and in the first issue or first episode of Lois and Clark, Dean Kane is standing there and Ma Kent is like, well, they certainly won't be looking at your face. Yeah, and he's wearing, like, the leopard Speedo, and uh, he does a whole bunch mm-hmm. of costume changes. He goes through an Elton John, mm-hmm. like, get-up and everything until they settle on the red red and the blue and the yep. and the yellow. If you wear... I think that he would be successful in as much as it would clearly convey, I am trying to be a superhero. Do you, do you think, though, that you would end up with... Um, I don't know. Do you think you would end up with the fashionistas just basically saying, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they wore this with that. And those kind of boots don't go with that after Labor Day. Here's another important thing about superhero movies. In superhero movies, that guy is the only superhero around. So that's important. And there have been no other superheroes before. So, I mean, that is like we were talking about with zombies. It's like, do people already know zombies? Do they know what to do? Right. Technically, no. Uh, You know, just... You know, there was a joke in the first Spider-Man movie where it's like, you should slow down. You're not Superman, you know? Right, right. So there's a little bit of that. But um, this is kind of like every superhero movie is like, this is the first time anybody has ever seen a superhero. Mm-hmm. So nobody says, oh, look, a superhero. They say, oh, look, a guy wearing red and blue and flying around the city. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. A bird. Uh, Not a plane? plane? And, no, wait, that's some kind of a uh, Uberman. Not even frog? I'm, I'm, I just, just asked these questions TV. because I'm curious, and I think when we talk about these kinds of things, mm-hmm. when we talk about costumes and what works or what doesn't work, I mean, heck, the, the, the two guys that we use as our mascot for the, uh, the Major Spoilers website mm-hmm. are mocking the superhero costumes. Underwear yep. on the outside, blue jeans. Uh, nighttime blanket, a snuggie wrapped around their neck. Yep. You know, cut out uh, masks. You know, the, that. I think there's a more important question to ask, though. Which is? If, if a superhero existed in reality, mm-hmm. A, he would more than likely be sued out of existence within the first three to four months of activity. Why? Well, what a superhero does 
is based on supposition and is mostly illegal. And let's say you're, you know, you're swinging through the streets of New York City and you see two guys in a back alley and one of them has a knife and you run down and you beat the crap out of them and you web them to a light post. A, you had no probable cause except for the existence of that knife to know what was going on. B, you committed battery in your apprehension, and C, by webbing them to the lamppost, A, you you haven't left any type of statement for the police to take them into custody, and B, A, one, two, and C, I think is how that goes. Anyway, <laughs> you haven't got, you you haven't, they haven't done anything. Well, there's point. probable cause and good Samaritan laws that I think kind of protect you to an extent on the some thing, of that The stuff. thing is, though, those take into account that you are... A, a like a citizen in good standing and if right. they can't do a yeah. check on you right. because you're concealing your right. identity right. none of that stuff will ever hold up in court right and that's the and problem with that man is generally considered to be illegal right, right. oh yeah i mean there, there is, are a history of people can. putting on homemade masks and going out in the night and hitting people these are not considered positive things in the real world and that's possibly the only place where the the savage dragon makes sense because he is in a that, policeman. In that he's a cop, yeah. and you can be a licensed bounty hunter or yes. a licensed. I don't. There, there's Super something hero. else. Not superhero. <laughs> um, well, in the Marvel universe, you have to be a licensed superhero. Yes, now um, a bond enforcement agent. Yeah, something like that. Where like you can be a freelancer who actually does jobs for the police. Right. Um, and not every police department has them, but you can. You can get training and you can do that. So right. presumably, if you had superpowers, that's the route that you would have to go. And you would have to have your identity... Uh, in the public? In uh, insofar as a pub, as a private contractor does. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody who asks your name, you wouldn't have to tell record. them, but you would have to show them your license as to why you're arresting them, which would have your name on it. Right. I, I don't... I don't know. I think that if you rescued a uh, school bus of of uh, burning school bus of children, not a uh, school bus full of burning children, <laughs> but if you rescued a, you a rescued, school bus, you rescued the school bus from them. <laughs> yes. Help! The burning but children if, if are you, getting to me. If you don't worry, talking school bus. I got you. <laughs> if you re- rescued a, a bus full of burning school children, uh-huh. um, I think that there is going to be people that are just going to say. Thank you, superhero. That's right. No problem, citizen. Remember, only you can prevent burning children fires, children right? fires. And then you fly off, and people are going to go, wow, that guy's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But There's no law being broken. How? You're actually doing something of good. Yeah. You, uh, Somebody is drowning. You save them. Somebody oh, is And if all you're doing is, things, is, I mean, is helping old, old ladies cross the street and stopping volcanoes, then... People are probably going to be generally positive, right? But when you get into yeah, the you get tricky into the aspect criminal... of other people's rights, right. then that becomes a right. Issue. Yeah, that does. And there's that also the question of costume conversation, but that's okay. Go ahead, Matthew. No, this is exactly what it is. It in comics, Spider-Man goes out and swings around for half an hour and finds eight crimes. In 40 years on planet Earth, in relatively rural but at least highly populated areas. I have, in my life, four times run across crimes being committed. I have seen two automobile accidents. Well, one of them I actually was involved in a bad way, and one of them I was actually just kind of like, holy crap. Right. I've seen two auto accidents take place. I've seen a a tornado going through Yosemento. Sure, yeah, that's always fun. That's years apart. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not as though if I decided I'm, you know, I'm the dung beetle, I'm ostrich man, I, I'm the I'm the human dog. 
you know, whatever my superhero identity is, if I go out looking for trouble, even if I live in Metropolis or Atlanta or New York City, more than likely the trouble that I'm finding is going to be reflexive to the fact that I'm running around in a neoprene suit and a cape. It's not going it's you don't just wander around and find a, a school bus full of burning children. <laughs> there's actually a, this was a actual story. I don't know if we mentioned it last week or not, but there's a guy in yeah. crap it, where is he? Connecticut? Um I forget the where Viper. He is. Yes, he's actually dressed up as a superhero, going around trying <laughs> Come to. to the window. <laughs> I wonder if Marvel's going to. What are you doing? Because I know that Marvel has a character called Viper. No, do they? Oh, there's also that incredibly awesome television series called Viper. Yeah. And by incredibly awesome, I mean I am being sarcastic. I've always wanted to call myself the Viper, just so when people ask what I'm up to, I can tell them I'm viping. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so. <laughs> Vibe it. Vibe it. <laughs> hey, hey, don't make me say it. All right. Eight everybody. letters, three Ks. <laughs> All right, everybody. I think that that wraps it up for this issue. We've kind of touched uh, on the surface of some of our thoughts about costumes and how they relate to superheroes and what what works in comics, what doesn't work in comics. I'm a firm believer of as realistic as possible. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it works in media. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, we've also learned that Matthew's uh, superhero name is the Dung Beetle, yep. uh, while R- Rodrigo would be the uh, take his fashion sense from Grant Morrison. So I think I like Person X. The the, the best thing that he said tonight is the superhero called Person X. Yes, Person That's X. That's cool. Uh, we want you to get give some feedback. So with the uh, jump over to the Major Spoilers website, look for this podcast and. Throw in your comments there. On Tuesday, we're going to be back, or Wednesday, depending on when you're listening to it. Hello, future people. Uh, We will be talking about the final installment of Scott Pilgrim's Saga by Brian Lee O'Malley, the Scott Pilgrim's Finest Hour, Volume 6. I've been flipping through it as we've been recording tonight, and there is some awesome in here. Ooh, I think I just saw the end. Uh Uh-oh. Stop. Uh, Stop I I needed to stop, because now it's just ruined it for me. Uh, But we will be talking about that next week. Why? Because we know that you love comics, and we do, too. We will talk with you real soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash Majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well, I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew He kicked my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. If I'm Stark Raven 
it's like a man of iron. I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read up on all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fine be in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler. Whoa, 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 whoa. What a major spoiler. Major Spoilers Podcast. Copyright 2010. Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards.